This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, there's a story. I'm not going to do this story because it makes me too damn sad, but uh, Jack Nicholson turns 86 tomorrow. Wow. They have a ranking of his best performances, but man, do I miss him being in movies. I just yeah. love Jack Nicholson. Yeah. 86. Jesus. Where did that even go? He's got dementia now, right? I believe he's got a pretty bad case of dementia, from what I understand. Which is unfortunate. Jack Nicholson, one of the great, uh, one of the great actors of all time. I mean, I, honest to God, you look at his movies. Nobody else could have played those roles better than him. Yeah. You think? No, I mean, there's things that he does where you go, yeah. There's no way. There's no way. Some of the roles that he's done, it's even the way he distorts his face oh, yeah. and his inflection. No. Um, God, what was that witch one? The Witches of whatever. Witches of Eastwick? Eastwick yeah, yeah, that yeah. one he was so spooky in. Like, that one he was crazy. Oh, he's he is a supreme talent, unfortunately. It's been, what, two, three years now he's been out? Ooh, I think The Departed might have been one of his last films, and that was 2006. Really? It's been a while. Yeah, somebody oh, posted Jesus. a photo of him the other day, oh. like a week ago, of him walking out onto a balcony oh. in Los Angeles, and it is a, it's a hard picture to watch. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Brittany, if you Google it, you'll see it, that it is. It's not the Jack that we remember, but that's, that's life. You know, you just you get old. You do get old, but he, he did have some of the best. He started, he got his big break, didn't start, because he made a couple of really bad movies before that. But then uh, Five Easy Pieces. No, that wasn't Five. It was, uh, what the hell was the motorcycle movie again? Oh, uh, Harley Davidson, The Marble Man? No. God, he, because he hooks up with, uh, isn't it Peter Fonda? I'm pretty sure he hooks up with Peter Fonda, right? And they're, I don't remember even where they're going or whatever, but Jack Nicholson was just a brilliant, brilliant actor. Oh, Easy Rider. Easy Rider. There you go. There he goes, Easy Rider. Terrific movie. And he'd sit on the back, and he'd pull, take a pull out of the whiskey bottle, and then he'd go, Nick, Nick, Nick. What? <laughs> Why are you? Because apparently it was very powerful whiskey. Oh, wow. So he'd take a big pull and go, Nick, Nick, Nick. <laughs> That's what you do every time you drink your Diet Pepsi. Yes, I keep saying Nick over Nick, and over and over Nick, again. Nick, Nick, So, Jack, we, I know you, you probably, even if you could hear me, you wouldn't understand what the hell I'm saying, but, man, I really miss you being in. I saw, I do believe, every Jack Nicholson movie ever made. It's Love that guy. So, I mean, yeah, he's so talented. No question about it, right? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's fun to even think. I was like pulling up videos of our uh, list of movies he's done. He's just God when he would get in his like. As it wasn't as good as it gets too. That was another one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was so good in everything he did. I thought so. Did you guys ever see a movie you didn't like the Jack Nicholson, that you didn't really care for his role in it? I don't know, I have to pull up his IMDb. Because hmm. I can't think of one. There's got to be one, though. I, I, oh, I'll, him I'll, and Batman was so good. Yeah, he was great as the Joker. Uh, I would probably take a little bit of heat for this, but uh, I didn't really like him that much in As Good As It Gets. What was that one now? Again, I remember the title, but I don't remember the movie. That's where he had the dog. He gets the dog, and then... And he's uh, like OCD. I liked it. I remember liking it. That was Helen Hunt, right? Yeah, Helen Hunt in that um, movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. God, um, I got to watch it. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Yeah. About Schmidt was okay. It wasn't great, but yeah, it wasn't true. bad either. Yep. Yeah. Not no question about it. Okay, this next story we got to run by Brittany because she's right there in the wheelhouse. Okay. 
What would you do if you were on an airplane okay, I'm and Go-Go started crying? Which she recently did. Which she recently did. And a guy sitting behind you says, and I quote, shut that baby up. Well, first off, I wouldn't be here because I would be uh, <laughs> currently in jail. very much so in jail or both are maybe in the hospital, depending how well he can fight. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, is you feel so bad. There's You have no control. When your baby starts crying, you feel like a monster. Right. And But the gift that somebody can give you to take that guilt and make it into anger at that person is actually a quite a present because you feel bad for everybody. And you're like, I'm so sorry. And everyone's not, everyone around us is always so nice. It's yeah. so rare. Yeah. Everyone's trying to help. We, we sat next to this woman, Janelle, who was sitting next to the window, who said, do you want me to hold her and let her look out the window for a little bit? Like, that's how nice everyone was to us. But if somebody was to give me the gift of taking my anxiety and guilt and turn it into anger by putting that all right. streamlined at them, bring it on. Bring it on. Like, <sighs> if, you, if you're nice to me, I'll be like, I'm so sorry. I feel right, bad. You know, right. whatever. But the minute they say, shut that baby up, I'd be like, listen, <laughs> listen. This guy's a moron, and I hope somebody punched him right in the face. Oh. Orlando police had to escort a Southwest passenger. I, they got an airplane up in the air. I didn't know that. Mm-mm. Southwest has been having a lot of problems, man. Yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, passenger from a plane on Monday uh, after what USA Today calls an adult tantrum over a crying baby. Passenger Mark Grabowski recorded a nearly four-minute viral video of the outburst as the uh, flight Bound for Fort Lauderdale. Oh, good. So you're going into two feet of rain anyway, so that's good. Nice. Uh, was struck in a holding pattern in the air for about an hour due to weather. Oh, so it's the baby's fault you were stuck in the air. I see. Yeah. Okay. That's what this is. Yep. It was a little bumpy and uncomfortable for everyone, and the, the child was upset, Grabowski tells WOFL. Uh, just out of nowhere, another passenger basically said, shut that baby up, and it escalated from there. The footage shows a man seated across the aisle from Grabowski, arguing with flight attendants as a baby is heard in the background. That child's been crying for 40 minutes. Can you calm the child down, please? I had headphones on. I was sleeping. And the man says, and I quote, why is your baby yelling? (laughs) I'm pretty sure babies don't yell. I'm almost positive. I'm not screaming. Want me to scream? Want me to scream? I'll effing scream. Please stop that, baby, he continues. Can you lower that voice? The man continues shouting as a flight attendant apparently tells him to be rational. We are in an effing tin can with a baby in a goddamn echo chamber. What a jerk this what? man is. That guy's got stuff. He's got stuff going on. <laughs> what do you like, think? Yeah. He's got some stuff going Oh, my. Could you even imagine somebody talking to Alex like this? No, I could not. I can. I literally. It, it makes my. You just. Okay. You are, it's the worst feeling ever when you can't get your baby to calm down on a plane. You just feel like a monster. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. But God, I just, who would make things worse like that? And you know what? Even before I had kids, you it's easy to tap into that empathy. You go, oh God, there's a baby on board. And you go, man, this might, this might get loud. But you always feel so bad for the parents because you know they're yeah, doing everything. Exactly. They brought all exactly. the things to try to make it better. And you know they're just dying and they just want to like... But that's just what it is. That's life. Shut up. Ugh. By the way, I just saw the picture of it, sir. You're a prick and your girlfriend's hideous. So moving along. That's Should right. I have not said that? No, well, that's probably why he really is mad. That's actually... A jerk. You're yelling, another flight attendant tells him. So is the baby. 
The baby's not yelling, it's crying. I mean, if we're going to relate to each other, can we stick something in your mouth as well? Oh, God, this is not good. So you're a man, the flight attendant counters. F you and shut up, he tells He tells the flight attendant. I don't think that was probably a pretty good idea, telling the flight attendant to shut up. No. Probably not. Probably not. I'm sorry, y'all. The male flight attendant tells uh, others in the area before returning to the disgruntled passenger. It's a baby. It's a child. He says, you're a grown man. Grabowski said a woman and a baby were moved to a different part of the plane, uh, which was eventually diverted to Orlando because of the weather. He said the passenger was then asked to leave the plane, but refused. In the end, all passengers deplaned, at which point the police forcibly removed him. <laughs> Love that. Good. Uh, Grabowski's video shows a man speaking with authorities before leaving a gate unaccompanied or accompanied by police. No arrests were made per WOFL. Southwest referred to the unacceptable behavior in a Thursday statement while applauding the outstanding professionalism of its own employees. I, I Look, I don't want to hear a baby cry for 40 minutes no, either, but no. there's nothing anybody can do about it, so why don't you shut up there, jackass? Just know we're, everybody's suffering. Everybody yeah, is not right. living their best life. I mean, the anxiety that shoots through you when you can't get your baby to stop crying. But the thing is, it's so rare... I can't even imagine everybody when I was walking around trying to get her to calm down were giving me that smile of like, oh, you know, like hope it all. It's so rare you come across these people, but they're out there, right? They must be because they write these stories of people mouthing off to a flight attendant. Like who isn't extremely polite to a flight attendant? Mm -hmm. Like in what world? It wasn't that long ago we were getting across the country in a covered wagon. Yeah. Right? Yep. Everybody yep. working together, right. trying to get there. And treat treat every, you know, flight like you are on the Oregon Trail. Right. And you will definitely treat everybody with a little bit more respect. If it's, hey, we're all trying to get through this together. Or we're going to give you a chlamydia or syphilis. What does we get on <laughs> Di- the Oregon Trail? Die of dysentery? Yes, dysentery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I doubt it was chlamydia as a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> Although I want to be on that journey. Me too. I'll take that wagon. Indeed. So be a little more patient. You know, I got to be honest with you, sir. This world's not all about you. What? Okay. If they could, if they could make the child quiet, they do it. They can't. It's a baby. Calm down. Calm down. Well, they have. They should put on airplane. They should put earplugs on airplanes so they can go here. Just put these in, sir. So you won't be able to hear the baby. They definitely have them. Um, I think oh, most of the really? time available. Yeah. I oh, think so. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Delta. They walk around and give out free earplugs so you can listen to their. Whatever you can plug into the back. Oh, the of the seat. I'm just talking about no earplugs that oh. block your hearing. Yeah, there's actually there's a few parents that I've seen before oh, that okay. will walk around and be like, "Hey, by the way, our kid oh, is yeah. prone to scream as soon as her ears pop. So by the time we hit flying altitude, like here's just some earplugs in case you need them. Sorry about all this. We're preemptively striking. Yeah, you just you just have to like go. I everyone, it's just you guys. I'm just telling you, it's like. And you know this from interactions. It's so rare that you come across a monster like this. Mm-hmm. Usually yeah, everybody is <laughs> so nice. I mean, and they're like, they're always complimentary. They always say, oh, she did really well. She did well. You know, after we land and everybody, everyone is, it's just so rare. I feel like you run into anybody who treats people like this. But when you, I get, they must exist. They're out there. Indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Well, this is good. I'm glad that Phil hopped on Uh I don't know. Uh, can he hear me? Yeah, we can bring him up early. Yeah. I don't know if he can hear me. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I got you. Oh, no, you, you, you can hear me. Yeah. Okay, I did because I, I just saw that news story about you, and I wanted to bring it up. About me? Yeah. Oh, you oh, haven't no. seen it yet? Oh no. Yeah, the news story about you. It says Phil Mackey dumps unwanted luxury jet for ninety-two million. Well, yeah, I was trying to get 105, 110 million dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. It's, just, it's a tough market for private jets mm-hmm. right now. It's uh, it's tough out there. 
Yeah. Austerity-loving Lopez Obrador sells presidential plane to former Soviet Republic of T- Tajikistan. Was it Tajikistan? I think it's Tajikistan. Yeah, apparently the Mexican president didn't like his jet. You should see this jet, by the way. It's spectacular. <laughs> I need to Google the photos here. But what do I Google? It's, it's on Newser, actually. You can go to Newser. It's, it's, the picture's right there. That jet is huge and beautiful. Not good enough for him, though. You know. Here it is. Oh, you a ninety-two, a ni- like how do you? If someone told you, okay, you're gonna go build a jet for ninety-two million dollars, <laughs> exactly. How would you even spend ninety-two million dollars? I know? know, I know, ninety-two million bucks. Uh, and I just love the fact that he's so spoiled. You know, Mexico's got all these problems and all the rest of it, but he doesn't have any problems because he's just getting rid of a ninety-two million dollar jet. So you know. So what's up with you, brother? Everything good? Everything's good. We are uh, we're less than one week away from the Purple Daily slash Park Tavern draft party oh, right. next Thursday. So we're gonna be we're gonna be hanging out in that back room and then the the overfill tent area. Our friends at Surly are helping us put on the second annual uh, draft party, and it's it's one of those drafts for the Vikings. So last year we did this event at Surly outdoors, and we kind of gambled right. on the weather. Right. We had hundreds of Vikings fans. In freezing rain, it was like 38 <laughs> degrees outside, waiting for the Vikings Oops. to make a pick, and they wind up trading. This is last year. They wind up trading back 20 picks. <laughs> oh, and these people, they, they these crazy awesome Vikings fans, they stuck around for because you know it takes to go through 20 additional picks on draft night. It's like an extra two and a half or three hours of standing around oh, waiting God. for your team to draft. They traded to the last pick in the first round. So we're kind of hoping that maybe they don't do that again this year. Although uh, I'm sure Park Tavern would love to sell a couple extra Surleys if they do uh, if they do trade back. So, so we're, we're gearing up. It's going to be fun in uh, in about a week, six days, next Thursday. So, yeah, I, I talked to Judd about I think I talked to you about it as well. I was thinking about coming by for just a couple of minutes to say hello. Oh, oh let's, let's get Tommy B. up there to start a skull chant in front of uh, the – the inebriated Vikings fans. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, it sounds like an exciting day. I, and Judge was telling me you guys have a lot of had a lot of fun with it last year, right? Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, the, the NFL draft. It's kind of funny because none of us really, you know, if, if you're if you're me and Judd, you know, we we tend to dive in at least do our homework so we know kind of what right. we're talking about right. with these college players. But you know, basically, no one knows who any of these players are. Right? The, you know, the Vikings could draft a, a, a left guard, and we'd all be excited. Um, although this year, I don't think people would be excited if they drafted a left guard. But there's a pretty good chance they might actually trade and get a quarterback in the draft. Oh, so please, please do. A Kirk Cousins replacement could be on the horizon for Works everybody. for me. Did, I, did you hear that I ran into him down in Florida? You ran into Kirk Cousins? Yeah, he was down there a couple of, couple of tables away at a restaurant. And I said, oh, that, that's Kirk Cousins. Catherine goes, there's no way. That guy's a skinny shrimp. <laughs> well... <laughs> Because he, well, he's tall, though, isn't he? How tall is he? He's like six feet, six one, right? Six, six one, yeah. Six one, somewhere what in there. He's what does he like weigh? About a buck seventy. He's probably about two hundred pounds. He's not. He's yeah. He's not. He's not exactly uh, you know like Dante Culpepper in terms no. of st- stature. No, that's very true. We got to <laughs> take Dante a- Culpepper was like two hundred fifty pounds with super small hands. So. That's what I heard. I yeah. heard that was true. We'll take a break. Be right back. A great, great. If you've never heard it, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing like Phil Mackey and Ken Herbeck with Twins Talk, which is up right after this. 
There's plenty of thoughts that come into your head when you think the name Killebrew. Of course, there's the Minnesota baseball legend, Harmon, who was responsible for many a favorite memory at the old Met Stadium in Bloomington, and many a baseball that ended up in the stands and in the gloves of adoring fans from his home runs. There's Killebrew Drive, the legendary road that connects Highway 77 to the Mall of America, and a day of shopping you'll never forget. My current thoughts for the name Killebrew is fun floats in our kitchen with my kids and grandkids, a cool, refreshing break in between innings at Target or CHS Field. Or maybe a perfect sunset paired with a sweet, frothy beverage after fishing or on your favorite walleye lake. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Grab a six-pack at a grocery or convenience store near you. I'm Tom Bernard. This spring and summer, enjoy the one Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Gluten and caffeine-free with a generous portion of delicious thrown in. Killebrew, where memories are created and legends are made. It's the Monkees, celebrated by Mickey Dolenz. Here we come. Saturday, April 29th at the Pantages Theater, Minneapolis. Mickey Dolenz plays tribute to the iconic group and his bandmates in song and memory with unseen images from the monkeys. Get your tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster. Talek presents the monkeys celebrated by Mickey Dolenz live. The new Tom Bernard Morning Show is proud to have partners like North American Banking, Bradshaw and Bryant, MyPillow, and attorney and advertiser Dave Bialke. I've been advertising on Tom Bernard shows for years. I like Tom, not just because he's a good guy, but because the ads I run on his show bring me new clients that are hurt at work and need legal help. Tommy B works for me. Grow results for your business by partnering with the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Visit TomBernardShow.com, keyword This is Bob Sansevier, and I want to tell you about Dave Bialki from Bialki Law. Dave represented my wife, Mary, when she had a significant workplace injury. She was very happy with the job Dave did. If you have a work-related injury and have Dave represent you, I'm betting you'll be happy too. Dave is a down-to-earth guy. He grew up in northern Minnesota, rides a Harley, and worked various jobs doing concrete, electrical, plumbing, roofing, and carpentry work. Dave works for people with work-related injuries. If you work construction, or anywhere for that matter, and you're hurt or even just hurting, you should talk to Dave. Let's face it, our bodies wear out. If your body is worn out from work, if your knees or back or shoulders hurt from things you do at work, do what Mary did. Call Dave and talk to him about it at Bialki Law to set up a free initial conversation. Consultation. The number to call is 763-571-2410. That's 763-571-2410. Or visit BialkiLaw.com. That's B-I-A-L-K-E Law.com. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, Score North's Phil Mackey with us. And I have to read this every Friday, and it's, it really just, I have to suffer through it. Minnesota legend Kent Herb Exports is brought to you exclusively by Killebrew Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda at the ballpark up north or in your fridge. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Ladies and gentlemen, Phil Mackey and Minnesota legend Kent Herbeck. What do you think? Legend. Legend. He's a legend, man. I am the legend. Heroes are remembered, but legends never die. Ah? Oh. Wow. He goes, oh, wow. I hope it goes that way. I hope I don't ever <laughs> 160 years old, just walking around fishing. Okay, so the one thing I don't want to talk about is yesterday's game, so let's move on to the next subject. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, that wasn't any fun. No, it was not any fun. My God, they got slaughtered. That'll happen, though. You know, Boston's yeah. not very good. How does that happen, Kyle? I mean, obviously, you're not going to win every game you play. You're going to lose some series, like they lost two out of three in Boston, even though Boston's not very good. Does it sometimes it just doesn't click, Kent? What happens? Um, it, it's hard. For some reason, that ballpark always gave us trouble, yep. too. I don't yep. know what it was. That Yankee Stadium, uh, although we didn't have – now it seemed like we got walked off a bunch in Yankee Stadium back a hundred years ago when we played. Yep. But uh, Boston always seemed like a tough place to play. I don't know why. Like maybe it's the ballpark. Um, I don't know what it, you know. If it's the ballpark or what? But uh, it's uh, yeah. They 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 didn't have a good uh, a good vibe going in there. They struggle on the mound a little bit. Right. Some hits. Uh, but that happens. That happens. Even your dog hates it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the dog is barking. Dog's barking. He's don't, pissed don't off. Talk about yesterday. <laughs> we're talking about yesterday. And the dog. I think, I, think I, I can translate for the dog. Uh, what's what's Pagan doing out there still? Giving up six earned runs oh, for God's sakes. Come oh, on, guy. Oh. Yeah, man. Now we're going to sit and rail on people today, or what? No, <laughs> we're just upset that look. You know, Kent, and I'm a huge Twins fan, so right. that literally affects my my day when the Twins get crushed like that. I hate it. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's funny because I ran into a couple of people, and they were saying they said the same thing. Boy, did you see that game this afternoon? That was very good. Um, so you know, people are watching. That's a good thing. Um, yes. Not, not a good sports uh, day here. Last. Day and a half, I guess it's been. Our, our wild took it on the chin, and then as well as our Timberwolves. So, um, yeah, we can uh, we can mourn for a couple of days. Hopefully, we're we're uh, in better mood tomorrow morning when we wake up. We have um, a message. Somebody messaged the app and had a question for you guys. Uh, this Uh-oh. is Chad. Oh, he says, <laughs> um, "I'd like to ask Tom, <laughs> Phil, and Kent if they see any similarities between Eduardo Julio and Chuck Nabla as a rookie." And tell Kent he needs to get back to Elba, Minnesota soon. So, do you guys notice any similarities between these two as rookies? Oh, uh, let's see. Between him and B. B- be between Eddie Julian mm-hmm. and uh, Nabla. Yes, sir. Oh boy, um, I, I know. I, I called him um, Ed, by the way, Chuck Nabla. Close I, enough. His nickname was Ed. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he uh, he was really a, a hard nosed player, uh, the kind of guy you hated to play against. 
you know, a, mm-hmm. a great player. Nobby was a, was a great player and really, really played the game hard and, and uh, was a heck of a ball player. Uh, had some issues when he went over to New York, I think, a little bit. But, uh, um, you know, a great guy you wanted on your team and a guy you hated to play against. I don't know Eduardo at all that well, so I really don't. But, you know, the guy looks like he can swing the bat. You know, they were talking on, on the uh, on the broadcast the other day. Uh, everybody was saying, uh, Correa even said that, man, this guy can hit. And I talked to... Uh, I've heard Justin Morneau make comments. They saw him during spring training. and said, this guy can really hit. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know how defensively how he plays in the field that well. I haven't seen him, enough of them. But they definitely are two people, I guess, I never even thought about, uh, you know, rookies playing second base and swing the bats well like, like they do. So uh, it's very, very similar. If Phil, one's on the left side, one's on the right. Yeah. They, uh, I'll, I'll say this, and I, I, mean, I was – I grew up watching Chuck Knobloch, and I just remember, and you could speak to this more than I can, Herbie, but he would just grind at bats, man. He was he was an on-base machine, didn't strike out a lot. You know, hitters, right. hitters in today's game, I feel like striking out was kind of a badge of shame for a long time in baseball. <laughs> you know, Mike hey, Trott will strike out 200 times, <laughs> and it doesn't matter, right, if he hits 35 home runs. So Julian strikes out a little bit more, but... This is this is I'm a big numbers. I, I like to dive into stats and numbers, and I'm kind of geeky that way. So Julian in the minor leagues, and he's 24 years old, so he's still pretty young. He's played. Uh, he's had a thousand plate appearances in the minor leagues. He has a 437 on base percentage Whoa. in the minors. So That's he it, whether he's whether he's drawn walks or or you know hitting a ball to the gap, he's just always on base, and so. I know Polanco's coming back here in the next couple of days. It'd be great to find him some at bats going forward. It's a good problem to have when you got a 24 year old on base machine. You can't find a place for him because you know Polanco's coming back. But I- I'd love to see them find some at bats for this guy. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that would like that. I know I've, I've seen people already talking about these when Polanco comes back. You know they're gonna they're gonna see you later, Eduardo, Eddie, or whatever they're calling him. I guess you said Ed's fine or Ed, Eddie's fine. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, – you, you hate to see it because, like they say, everybody that's seen this kid play uh, loves the way he swings the bat. And, you know, I guess we'll find out. We'll, we'll find out what's going on. But, yeah, it'd be nice to see him in the lineup. He's done a pretty good job so far. He's struggled at times. But, you know, he's only what, – what has he got? About six, seven games under his belt is all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somewhere in there. I got to do this. I'm sorry, Kent, but I got to do it. There's no Uh-oh. doubt about it. When you guys were all, I don't even know if you were there, but uh, they were all lined up to go into the new Planet Hollywood out at the Mall of America. Remember that oh, day? Word. Oh, my word. That This was a long time ago. It was a long time ago, but I had to bring it up, and Phil might not even know about this, but the chucker was doing interviews to all everybody coming like Sylvester Stallone. He was interviewing interviewing all these people. And all of a sudden the chucker goes, And you are? And the guy goes, Chuck Knobloch. He goes, What? Chuck Knobloch. He goes, Chuck Nobla. <laughs> <laughs> he pretended he'd never heard of him. It was wonderful. It was very Chuck Nobla. Yeah, that's it. Oh, he was wonderful. Uh, Bob, Bob Casey also had. Oh, he had Bob. some. He had some iconic. Oh. You know, Kirby, right? Yeah. Shaq, nah, blah. Yeah. One of the one of the great ones. 
Yes, it was. Yep. <laughs> Nobby was the little red ass, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. But he was, uh, was a great player. And I think, the uh, like you say, where people are talking that they think of him when they we see uh, you see Julian playing. So, um, yeah, hopefully this kid can can uh, stay in the lineup or find a spot for him. They like the way he swings the bat. You guys made me feel good again because when they first put in the Skyways many, many years ago, I'm walking in the Skyway, and all of a sudden I hear Bob Casey from about two blocks away, Bernard! I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it was phenomenal. Now you know quit what? this. Now quit this. <laughs> you know, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. I, I, I bump into his boy, Mike Casey. One oh, sure. And I don't know if you know Mike at all. Do you know Mike? No, I don't know. Oh. And he he does every time I see him he calls me Kent Herbeck. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got the same he's got the same voice as his dad and and uh, always goes through life. He, he is just funny. It's pretty it's pretty neat to bump into him and boy he brings back. I don't know if you remember those old speakers at Met Stadium that he used to, that he used to talk on. They were just rattle when he was. Oh talking. yeah. Yep. <laughs> Mike Mike still carries on the tradition of of his dad's voice, so it's pretty cool. God, it's, that stuff is so wonderful. So many great memories of the Bob Casey's of the world, and and I'll tell you, I got to men- mention this uh, just very quickly because I was out of town for the first couple of weeks of the season. Dick Bremer does a phenomenal job. I really like watching Dick on the on the uh, broadcast. Forty he? years, yeah. That's it, it, uh, uh, Dick is a great guy. I've spent a lot of time. Chatting with Dick, I don't know if you've read his book before at all, mm-hmm. but yep. uh, the, the the memory he's got with baseball memories, and go ahead, Tom, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, great, Dick has been a friend, I've hunted with hunted with Dick, fished with Dick, and, and uh, spent a lot of time with him, and he's, he, he loves his job, he loves going to the ballpark and doing yep. his job, it's pretty cool, for 40 years he's been doing it, and still to this day, gets excited about going to to watch a thinking baseball game. It's pretty cool. It is no question. Matter of fact, we should reach out and get him on the show because Dick is a great guest on the show. He used to come on the queue once in a while. And uh, well, when his book came out, he came on. And just yep. loved talking. He's a great guy. Really nice guy. Yep. yep. No question. Now, Phil, where, where did you grow up, Phil? Uh, so, well, I, I went to high school in Buffalo, Minnesota. Okay. And then went to, to college at the University of Minnesota. So you've been a yeah. Twins fan your whole life then, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. My, my dad, so well, this is what this is good timing by me, I guess, or maybe by my parents uh, for when I was born. So I, my first baseball memory is game six of the 1991 World Series. I was oh, born God. in 1985. <clears throat> yeah. And so I, I do remember as like a first grader going in the next day and the newspaper clippings are on the, the bulletin board. And, you know, as a kid, I'm thinking, this is great. The Twins are going to win the World Series every year. And, I, <laughs> and, and so then my fandom sort of started into the dark 90s era. And I just like I remember you know, some of my favorite players in the 90s were, you know, Pedro Munoz, well, Kirby Puckett and Kent Herbeck, obviously. But I just remember some of these obscure teams in the 90s. We were watching Rich Becker in center field. Oh, and yeah. Poor Tom, poor Tom Kelly's out there just. What am I supposed to do? I got Scott Stahoviak and these. It's not the same guys that I had in 1987 and, and 91, but I got I got hooked on the on the mid 90s Twins teams, and then and then uh, rode the wave back up in the early 2000s when uh, when Minkiewicz and Torrey Hunter and those guys came along. Okay. Right, Minkiewicz. But you've been roller coasting already. You know what? Yeah. Everybody has the. Um, 
you know, watching the Twins, we were lucky enough. But man, like you say, we're we're talking, we're talking thirty years ago since uh, thirty-one years ago now, God. since we went, two years ago <laughs> since we won a, a World Series. Or uh, uh, they, they need to get back there, and hopefully, uh, you know, I like I like the way they're playing. They had a tough game yesterday that we talked about, but boy, these the. Uh, I like their pitching staff. They're pitching all right. You know, apparently, one of the guys in the team is upsetting Mr. Mackey already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I lash out sometimes. I just, you know, I get, I'm like, I'm like Tom, but sometimes I'll just lash out a little bit and get mad at relief pitchers and stuff. Guys who, guys who can do things physically that I could never do in my yes, life. And I'm yes. like, why aren't you, why aren't you <laughs> better? <laughs> the twin. By the hey, way, the twins, the, the twins have. I were what what three weeks into the season, but the Twins lead the major leagues as a pitching staff in strikeouts. Really, I can't remember. You know, even throughout the, I feel like the the Tom Kelly Rod and Gardenhire Twins were all about hey let's be let's just let let your defense do the work right sort of pitch to contact and that worked really well. This is the first time a Twins pitching staff and it's early in the season has just been throwing lights out strikeouts. It's the hardest throwing bullpen in the league yesterday, notwithstanding. Uh, there's going to be games a, like that, but it's fun to watch. Yep. I have an odd question. Okay. Can yeah. I ask a question? No, forget it. Okay. <laughs> we got to go. Oh, <laughs> up against the break. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Yes, Mr. Maybe, Urban. Maybe I'll email. Yeah, there, you can email it in. Okay. Here's the question. My, here's my question. What is pitch to contact? It's a good question. Can somebody so, explain that to me? Because yeah. when I pitched as a kid in high school and Legion baseball and all that. And every time I've been on a team with guys that are pitchers, they're trying to pitch to get the guy out. They're really trying to pitch so the guy can make contact. It's a great what's question. So, so I, I, I covered the twins as a beat writer from 2009 through 2013. And I asked Rick Anderson this exact question one time I said, can you explain what, it, what is pitch to contact? Cause they would talk about it. They would, let the yeah. defense do the work, right? And um, and Rick basically said, it's more about avoiding walks, and it's more about tempo. Throw the ball over the plate. Don't fall behind three and one, three and zero, well, two and zero. Well, uh, trust, trust that if you throw the ball over the plate and someone hits it, that Tory Hunter is going to make a catch in center field. It, it wasn't about piping a fastball belt high, you know, <laughs> every time. Here, but, here, hit this one. Yeah, that's what I used to say when I pitch. Here, hit this one too. Here's another one. Hit this one. Pitch to Here's con- an underhand pitch to one, just floating right over. Yeah, softball is pitch to contact when we played because you knew the guy was going to hit it, right? Right. But you're not trying to pitch to contact so a guy can hit it. I wish a pitcher would have told me when I was getting up there, "Hey, I'm going to be pitching the contact, so it's coming right down the middle." Yeah, get ready. <laughs> Are you trying to torture me because it just brought back a horrible memory about when I was like, I don't know, I was in my 20s somewhere and I was playing on a softball team, having a good time. And we went out one night and Tommy lit her up. I lit the lamp. Let me put it that way. Might have had a few uh, glasses of wine, a few bottles of beer. And the reason I bring it up is the next day we had an early game with our softball team. And I know this is hard to believe, but I was so hungover, I actually swung and missed at a slow pitch softball. Oh no! <laughs> well, maybe their their pitcher wasn't pitching the contact that day. He was, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's just what it reminded me of. There was no contact at that one. 
Oh God, how embarrassing! Uh, it was a gust of a gust of wind. It was windy that day. It's uh, tough to hit those floating softballs. Indeed, Phil, do you have to be out by thirty-eight? Uh, I got I got it's another always, couple minutes. To, oh, you do? Okay, good. He's to always got to go. You know, I actually I actually quit <laughs> playing slow pitch softball about ten years ago. Uh, we were playing. I don't know if you guys know Pavs and Andover. It's a big softball yep. complex. Yep. And, and so I, I had some buddies from kind of college and just like a couple years after college. And, and I looked around and I, I played high school baseball and stuff. And I, so I was like, ah, I'm not going to play like men's league baseball. Maybe I'll play some softball to scratch the itch. We had a game. We had 10 players, right? You put 10 players, four outfielders on these rosters. Yeah. Four of our guys got ejected in a rec league, beer league, slow pitch softball game. And we had, because they were <laughs> arguing with the umpire. We had to forfeit the game because we only had six players and we had a double header. And I looked around the dugout and I'm like, "Really? What are we doing here? We're getting it. We're going to argue with a guy making twenty bucks at a slope. But just calm down." I walked to my car, put my stuff in my in my car in the trunk, and I've never played slow, slow pitch softball since. Twelve years. Ago. <laughs> great. You're great taking it a little too seriously, guys. <laughs> yep, that's it. You quit. Take your ball and go home. Yep. No question about. Hey, Kent, I got to ask you a question because I, you know, I, oh, I it's your question time. It's Tom's question time. Okay, it's my question time. Is that all right? Okay. Yeah. So I'm not going to do it. I shouldn't ask a question. No, no. Ask a question. That's okay. why I'm here. Well, I said wanted to make sure that you were totally covered in the deal. Uh, last year, I ran into while I was with you was at the at the uh, Tom Bernard IQ ninety two game, which was phenomenal. Yeah. Had a great yeah. time. So I'm down there talking to you, and here comes Timmy Laudner. I hadn't seen Lods in quite a while. He does a hell of a job on that TV cast, don't you think? There's another guy. Uh, you know, we talked about Dick Bramer earlier. Timmy loves going down there and, yep. and uh, talking about the team. He enjoys it. He, I know he he has trouble the way they play. Some of the guys play. I mean, everybody does the different style of baseball. But uh, Timmy follows it uh, pretty hard. Loves what he's doing. Uh, enjoys going down there. He's done a great job. But he's you know he's been doing it. Uh, pretty close to twenty years already. Believe it or not, Jesus, really? Yeah, he was. He was before they moved to Target Field. He was on a few years, so he's he's pretty close to because where they've been at Target Field now, thirteen years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Timmy's probably got sixteen, seventeen years in himself doing that, which is time flies, I guess, when you're having fun. Well, um, maybe, should I tell you why I don't like Tim Laudner? Okay, you tell my wife. Okay, here's why I don't like to. butt all the time on the golf course? That might have something to do with it, Kent. Just maybe that was a good guess. Number nine at Golden Valley Country Club. I tee off with a driver. Hit the best drive I could possibly hit. Timmy takes out a one iron and hits it about 20 yards off the green. I hate him. I'd like to point that out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that boy one, can play a golf. one iron, by the way. That is a that is a rare. You have to be very skilled to have a one iron in your golf bag. Oh, oh yeah. Congrats to Timmy Laudner, man. God, he yeah. striped, he striped that thing. It's like I hit a driver, and I'm about seventy yards short of where his one iron went. <laughs> That's just great. Thanks so much for that. But no, you I, hate them the rest of your life, not a boy. But I do miss playing with you and Johnny Castino and Lods and men. We, I know you don't play much golf anymore, but we still got to get out one time. Yeah, you no, know, I, I, I chatted with one of your boys the other day. I, I was chatting with Mr. Gaetti. 
Oh, so God, I got is, is Gary coming to town anytime soon? He, he's coming into town. Yeah, he's coming in the middle of May. He's going to be in town. Uh, I think he's going up north to uh, one of the uh, uh, teams up in Bismarck. One of the, uh, uh, what do they, uh, oh, what do they call those teams that they have around town? I'm, I'm lost train of thought here on, on the teams that they, opening day, he's going to go up in there. He's going to go up and speak to some people that, uh, Whatever teams in Bismarck, one of these baseball teams, um, whatever league it is that they're in, like the, like a Northwoods League team, or yeah, something. yeah, something like that, yeah. And he's uh, going up there, and then I think he's going to be in Bismarck, and then uh, then he's going to spend a couple days in in town here. And uh, you know, he's got a, a baseball camp going on, or a actually a, a a place down in Centralia, Illinois, where he is from originally. Yep, Southern <laughs> Illinois, and. Uh, he uh he's got a baseball camp that he does every summer now, so that's what he's doing. He lives in Houston yet, but he comes up a few t- a couple times a month and has this big baseball camp that's going great for him down in Centralia, which is pretty cool. It is indeed. But please let me know if it's okay if I get together, maybe have a little yeah, lunch we'll with you to, guys, go to dinner. Yeah, he's uh, he's talking about wanting to get together, so I'll have to uh, I have to let you know. God, he's such a great guy. He would I will never forget. He used to pop on the on the queue when I first started over there and. Started raving about the Twins. And I, I'll never forget how it made so, so many people mad over at CCO because I would talk more about baseball than they did. And they carried the games. <laughs> <laughs> that's, where you first, that's where you first met, started out with, was doing it with Gary, weren't you? The, the yep. crew in the morning? Yeah, yep. You started out doing it with it. I don't know how that all got started. Did you just bump into him or somebody on the show grab him or what? How did that work? Yeah, I think somebody on the show booked him, but I guess he was a big listener to the show and he, and he yep. called in and talked about it. And then he and I got to know one another. And just to, it's so funny because I picked the Twins to win the World Series before the 1887 season. I said, they're yep. going to win the World Series. And everybody goes, no way. So we're all on, uh, I don't know, one of the Mark, Marky Rosen's TV show or whatever. And Guy Eddie says, Tom, how did you know we were going to win the World Series? And I said, ah, I think you're going to win the World Series every year. <laughs> and he looked at me like, you prick. <laughs> it was wonderful. Well, you've been right two out of the last 31 years. Yeah, but that's not bad. No. <laughs> two out of the last bad. 31. But, you know, looking back at that, Kent, uh, just that era, to have grown up in that era, to just I just got back into town in, in 1986 because I was living in New York. So I got back just in time for that to happen, and the timing of that thing could not have been better. I will never forget it, you guys, man. Unbelievable. It was wonderful. It was fun. It was fun. I know you both both got to go. So you any closing statements from both of you? Go ahead, Mr. Mackey. Let's see some more of your softball. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Actually, I'll give you – here's my closing statement. The reason I stopped playing baseball, all right, I I was a decent enough high school player. And someone gave me the harebrained idea. You know, they have a fall ball walk-on, uh, like a walk-on tryout at the University of Minnesota. Division One baseball, right? And so yep. why don't you go try out? It's a one-day tryout. Go try out. And uh, old Macadac here uh, was never caught stealing in high school baseball. Thought, thought I was pretty fast Whoa. at Buffalo High School. The wow. first drill out of the gate. Fall of 2003, walk-on tryout for the Gophers, right? Here we go. This is my big shot. First drill out of the gate. They paired us off for 40-yard dashes in the outfield grass, and I'm like, here we go. This is me right here. Never (laughs) been caught stealing. Whoever I was racing against could have stopped and taken a nap halfway through (laughs) and still would have beat me. 
Like he must have beat me by a half hour in the forty yard dash. Oh. And you could just see, like, I could just see like the assistant coach with the stopwatch just shaking his head, like, "Why are you here? This is ridiculous." So and that walked- is why I went into slow pitch softball. <laughs> And you walked back to your car and put your glove yeah. on the trunk and went home. <laughs> he knows the story. You're picking it. up a trend here, Kent. You're picking up a trend. All right, Kent, close it out for us. What are you looking at, man? Uh, hey, let's have a good weekend. They're playing the uh, Twins against the Nationals this weekend. I'm going out to the ball game. Uh, make sure you bring your jacket along. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's going to be a little frosty. Um, yeah, then they got uh, what the... The Yankees are back in town. They're coming to town, too, next week. So, uh, yeah, a little test for the boys. The, the Washington's struggling a little bit. The Nationals are struggling a little bit. So, hopefully, they have a good weekend. And, and um, I'll be watching some baseball this weekend. I guess that's all I have to say. I'm going to have me a root beer or two, a Kilmer root beer or two. Love it. At the ball yard. And uh, watch some baseball. We'll get it done. Well, thank you both very much. We'll talk to you again next week, right? All right. I'll be there. Thanks, fellas. Kent Herbeck Sports on the Tom Bernard Morning Show is presented once again by Killebrew Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda. Start your next memory at your favorite grocery or convenience store today. Find a store near you at killebrewrootbeer.com. That's killebrewrootbeer.com. Oh, I forgot to ask Kent if they've come any closer to naming a street after him. Yeah, we got it next week. Let's ask him. We'll ask him again next week. Perfect. Because they got to do that. Uh, Yeah. I would think. I like the way his last name is spelled because it's like, how is there only one vowel in that? I know, H-R-B-E-K, because he's bohemian. It's just wild. He and Catherine are both bohemian, but she didn't. She got the brand from her dad. Yeah, that's a, that's a, Rebeck. Mm-hmm. Raybeck. That was the first time he was announced as Kent Raybeck. Oh, I'll God. Never oh, yeah. Where do you even Bob get that Kate, one? Bob Casey. Now, coming to the plate, Kent Raybeck. I'm like, Raybeck? <laughs> H-R-B-E-K is Raybeck? Impressive. Bob, we miss you dearly. I loved Bob Casey. Magnificent. We do have to take a break because we got Timmy Lammers. Hopefully there's a new movie coming out that I can watch tomorrow night. I watch the Twins game. I got all kinds of stuff. But Timmy Lammers is coming up right after this. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, president at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders. When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Right now, MyPillow has a massive closeout sale happening on their all-season slippers. Listeners continually make the MySlippers the number one selling MyPillow product, and I have a feeling you'll want to stock up now when you hear this offer. When you use my promo code TOM, T-O-M, you'll get the all-season slippers for $25, regularly $149.98. That's over $120 in savings. Limited to 10 pairs at checkout. These will sell out. Trust me on that one. My slippers have an exclusive four-layer design that you won't find in any other slipper. 
The patented layers make these slippers ultra comfortable and extremely durable. They help relieve stress on your feet and you can wear them anytime, anywhere. They also come in a ton of additional sizes and all new colors. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square to grab a pair of the all-season slippers for only 25 bucks, regularly priced at $149.98. Limited to 10 pairs at checkout. Enter promo code TOM, T-O-M, for this incredible offer. They won't last long, so order now. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Typical woman stabbing me right in the back. Right in the front. Right in the front. Right. It was in the front, you're right. Yep, she's coming right for you. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Lammers Movies brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury lawyer seeking justice for the injured. Contact Bradshaw and Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. That's minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Timmy Lammers, I can look right at you, man. Hey, how are you, sir? I think they're putting in our cameras today, I think. Awesome, awesome. Well, I will not try to piss you off on a daily basis. Unlike Rudy and Brittany. (laughs) There you go. What's happening, Pally? Well, I, I heard you before the break talking about a movie you actually want to see in theaters. I mean, I am kind of bummed that Renfield didn't do better. I mean, it was yeah, a bomb. Yeah. All it right. A it's a horror bomb. comedy. I told you last week it's in the vein of Ash versus Evil Dead, which is very gory, but yet very funny. I liked it. Yeah. So now we have um, Evil Dead Rise which is straight-up horror, okay? This is more like the original uh, Evil Dead movie, produced by Rob Tapper, directed by Sam Raimi, and, of course, starring Bruce Campbell Love from him. 1981. <clears throat> that was scary. The second and third ones were more horror comedy. The TV show, Ash vs. Evil Dead, more horror comedy. There was actually a remake in 2013 uh, called Evil Dead, mm-hmm. a reboot, I guess, of sorts, 10 years already, and that was straight-up horror. So I'm... You know, if you want straight-up horror, and I know that you and Alex are the ones in the family who love the horror movies, then this might be the movie for you. I will straight-up tell you that this is one of the scariest movies I have seen in years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I screened this by myself, actually. I was jumping up. You know, usually, yeah, that ambiance that you get with the theater and the crowd and all that stuff, that helps. I didn't need that this time. I was jumping up and down by myself. I was averting my eyes. Um, and, of course, uh, you're probably thinking, well, he's just in the tank because of Ramey and Campbell and Tappert. Hey, man, those guys are <laughs> hardworking Midwestern fellas from Michigan, all right? Right. I will always have a soft spot for those guys. Quick plug, I interviewed uh, all of them, uh, Ramey, Campbell, and Tappert. <laughs> for uh, looper.com. It's on my website, directconversations.com. So I love these guys. I love their ingenuity. I love their spirit, the how inventive they were with that original film. For this one, they're actually all producers, and it's directed by an Irish fella uh, by the name of Lee Cronin, who brings his own vision to the movie. He writes and directed it. So we're taking the setting from that normal cabin in the woods sort of thing. And we're bringing it to a suburban high rise. Now this old dilapidated suburban high rise. The good thing about it is, and if people are going to start whining about, well, it's not a cabin in the woods movie anymore. Well, actually it, it actually begins there. All right. But most of the film is set in the big city. Um, but the sensibilities are there. Everything that you loved about evil dead is there. It has the tone immediately. 
Um, we don't have the laughs. Granted, there are some ner- there's some nervous laughter, I guess you can say, when somebody gets close to buying the farm. But it's straight up horror. It's just scary stuff. It's it's unnerving and very entertaining. Plus, Tom, you're gonna love this. Ninety three minutes long. Oh, love it. No. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Where is it available? Everywhere. Uh, you know, it started opening in previews last night. I would imagine it's going to be in uh, most, if not all, theaters. Uh, here's the other thing that bodes well for this picture. I think it's really going to bode well from word of mouth because we all know that horror films generally, they open strong and then they wane after that first weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one was made for $17 million, which... A lot of money to you and I for studios. That's a pittance. Okay. Yeah. Let's even double this for marketing. Okay. Let's just say they got a $34 million price tag. They're, they're going to come close to making that this weekend. So now what you have are, is a studio that can sit back and they can say, okay, we don't have to, you know, we can, we can breathe now, you know, and, and now let word of mouth get out about this picture. And then more people are going to see it. I think this is going to be a hit. Is it going to be a blockbuster, like, you know, 200, $300 million movie, maybe worldwide. But, you know, when you make a $17 million movie, I mean, your prospects are good going in, especially since horror pretty much has a built-in audience. I'm interested what you guys think about the trailer when they show these trailers on television, like in the middle of the day during a, I'm trying to watch a basketball game with my daughter and the goddamn trailer comes on and both of us are sitting there with the blanket over our eyes going, now I got a goddamn nightmare on my hands, not only with me, but with her. Why do they have to show such scary trailers in the middle of the day? And these ones are super scary. Like that mom that keeps like looking in and is like, let me in kids. Yeah. Like I get, and it's a little girl like about to reach for the door to let her mom in. And she's like, you know, like all yeah. evil dead up. And you're like, don't do it, little girl. It's super scary yeah. commercials. Yeah, well, the setup for this one is, is that this Necronomicon, there are actually three of them. One of them was, of course, in the original <clears throat> Evil Dead movies. This one was in a sealed off basement in the bottom of this apartment complex. Okay, there was an earthquake. It's in California. It rips a hole in the foundation. Uh, teenage boy, one of the kids of the this woman, the mother... Ellie, played by Alyssa Sutherland, Sutherland um, he goes down into that and finds this ne- Necronomicon, finds some recordings, brings it back upstairs, shows his sister. You know, and this book has teeth, you know, just a gnarly looking thing. Um, you know, being that he's a teenager, he's going to open it. <laughs> you know, it's the equivalent of don't go in there, girl. Right, Tommy? <laughs> yes, mean, yes. They just do the stupid thing that they're not supposed to do. And, of course, we got albums. Let's put it on a turntable and spin it backwards. There, therein is the incantations that, open, you know, that brings these demonic spirits out of this book, and they possess the mother. And, again, Rudy, uh, Brittany, if you've seen the trailers, you know how frightening this woman looks. She was actually in a show called Vikings or Vikings Valhalla. Um, Sansevier and I talked about it briefly, you know, so fans of that show will recognize Alyssa Sutherland. Um, but she also has an estranged sister involved and she sort of takes on more of the Ash Williams role, the Bruce Campbell role in this movie. And she's trying to protect 
this young family, including, as Brittany alluded to, the, a young girl. So, yeah, you got this mother who's demented as all hell. She says stuff like, mommy sleeps with the maggots now. <laughs> He's got this gnarly deadite look, and Rudy's not liking this at all. Deadite has this this ability to possess your mind and keep those memories of the person they're possessing and use that against the people that they're trying to get. So yeah, it's these guys really came up, and I say Tappert, Ramey, and Campbell really came up with something really innovative back in the day. This isn't just some stupid zombie movie. This is really well thought out, well executed horrifying stuff that I give a 9.5 out of 10 on a lamometer to the only whole, the, the whole stupid teenager thing. I just can never get over that in movies that, Oh, the book is there. It's got teeth in it. So even though the, you know, I, I sliced open my finger with one of the teeth, I'm still going to open that book. And then I'm going to be stupid enough to play that recording. Now, of course, you're not going to have a movie unless somebody does that, but it's like, I wish they would get around that old movie trope of doing very stupid things. I understand. And by the way, I don't know what the hell happened with you and Sansevier, but you both sound professional now. What happened? Well, I, I mentioned before, I mean, I got this mixer and microphone and stuff for a podcast thing I was attempting because it's a lot of work a few years back and I broke it out. And of course, I'm coming into you from StreamYard, mm -hmm. uh, which makes a big, big difference. It sounds like I'm right there, doesn't it, Tommy? Oh, it sounds I mean, great. You see me and now and you'll be getting a camera, so I'll be able to mm -hmm. see you guys too. I think Brittany and obviously Rudy can see me too. So uh quickly, I just want to mention there's a movie Ghosted on Apple TV Plus, Chris Evans, Anna Diarmas. It gets the hammer. It's just stupid. It's, it's got really enormous talent, and they just can't find the right combination. However, Adrian Brody is also in it. He's the villain. I actually interviewed him as well. So you can get that uh, interview on directconversations.com. I know you love Adrian Brody, Tommy. Oh, he's a phenomenal actor. I love Adrian yeah. Brody. Actually had an, a real conversation with him this time. The last time was him and two other guys in four minutes. I talked to him about playing Pat Riley and winning time. Mm -hmm. you know, one question doesn't quite a, an interview make, but this time it was really good. And, and he's really, really cool, Tom. I look forward to Man, you sound terrific. I love that new setup. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And again, uh, now that you're back in town, I plan on getting in to see you in person more often and annoy you that way. Piss you off on a daily basis. I man. love it. Works for me. <laughs> right. Timmy, thank you, sir. All right. Everybody have a great weekend. Tommy, we'll talk in your podcast next Tuesday. Sounds great. Tim Lammers, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for, man, it's another week. That flew by. We're over two months already. I need a raise. Oh, I need a trailer. Ask them to cut you way back. I need and they a won't do makeup it. artist and a massage therapist. How about just a therapist? Yeah, probably one How of them. How about that? That worked pretty well. That is going to do it for another week. And like I said, I, I just I know I say it quite often, but today's a perfect example of why I love doing this show. Great guest lineup. Have to put up with Britney's crap. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. But no, I did. I have a ball working with you guys. It's wonderful. And we will talk to you next week. Yeah.